for the honor to have Ari with us, etc., etc. So just two, uh, two insights. Uh, maybe I'll start first with his wife, because um, his wife's parents were my mentors in Los Angeles. They really were pioneers in Kiruv, NCSY. They're, right, Mrs. Rosen's parents were uh, really the heads of NCSY on the West Coast for many years. Uh, NCSY was Kiruv before there was Kiruv. Um, and um, they were really role models, and I was very close with her parents. Um, Ari, I want to say, well, besides what you read on the, uh, on the, you know, the bio, the standard stuff, so there's a concept that Revolbi talks about. It's called chesed, being a lamdan in chesed. So Ari is a bal chesed. He's a, he, besides being what we're going to hear about, how he's a professional and he, he's kovetim la Torah, he's a, he's a bal chesed in two unique ways. A, it's very modest and under the radar screen. And B, it's with um, lambdas. It's with he's a lambdan in chesed. He finds the things at certain projects that he's involved in that it's, he's not the standard. Right? He had to in, to penetrate what is really needed in the firm world for chesed, and that's what he's doing. And I'm not going to go into it. If you know, you'll you'll Google or you'll do. But um, you know, there's an unbelievable organization in Ramat Beit Shemesh that um, I be, I was exposed to and became a big fan of it um, because it's chesed with intellect. And um, we're going to be, we're very honored to hear some words of both uh, practicum as well as inspiration from Ari. Thank you very much, Rabbi Kalinsky, Rabbi Kwas, Rabbi again, second time I'm here. I was very, uh, enjoyed, enjoyed the first time. Um, so I'm not going to tell you about my, uh, my childhood, how I grew up on the streets and I was dealing drugs when I was 14 and I did two prison terms before they kicked him out of high school until I went to the Far East and traveled through India and China where I learned Mandarin Chinese, became a master of Tai Chi, where I eventually ended up at the Kotel, I was picked up at the wall, ended up at the Balchuva, and now an Amshin Chosid living in uh, Beit Meir with seven children. Um, that's not me, although I do know that guy, and if, uh, if you want him, I can, I can arrange for him to come as well. Um, I, have a, I have a lot more uh, boring um, story. Maybe it'll connect maybe more with some of you if you have boring lives as well until this point and then uh, we'll see where the future takes us but I grew up in Elizabeth, New Jersey in a uh, modern Orthodox uh, Jewish day school uh, I went on the classic track of high school uh, gap year in Yeshiva I went to Or Yerushalayim uh, in Beit Meir for two years um, enjoyed Israel, really, really loved it. Um, the uh, when I graduated high school, I was going to go to Rutgers, and uh, I like to schmooze and talk, and I'm very comfortable in front of a crowd. So I was going to go into communications or some kind of sales and marketing, um, even TV. I don't know. Anyway, went to went to yeshiva, and I realized maybe Rutgers isn't the best path for a firm Jew. So I ended up in Yeshiva University. Um, which is a very good thing because that's where I ended up meeting my wife uh, who was all the way from Los Angeles, California in Stern College. So I got my BA and she got her MRS. Her missus. Sorry, that was... Uh, <laughs> the guys are... Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. So, um, and then um, when the choice came, do we stay in New Jersey and move off to the West Coast, the Golden State of California? That was an easy easy choice, especially since I still had this bug in me that I wanted to go into some kind of broadcast, journalism, or communications. So we moved to L.A., and uh, for the first year, I tried to pursue my dream of going to broadcast journalism. 
Uh, I worked for an entertainment company, Reicher Entertainment, where I was a production assistant for TV shows like The Wheel of Fortune and Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. I'm dating myself, you know, back in the 90s. Um, until the first year season ended and then everyone gets laid off because that's what you do. And then you go into, you know, waiting in restaurants. Or you go into acting. And my father-in-law, who was a businessman at the time, said, son, let's get a real job. Time to start making some, uh, some Parnassa. I can't support you guys. So um, I ended up working for my father-in-law in sales. That was it. This is pretty, uh, not, a, not a glorious uh, continuation of my career, but I kind of left the TV production entertainment world on the back burner, hoping maybe one day I'd get back to it. Footnote, I never did. And um, I started selling human resources consulting company and a healthcare company. But Baruch Hashem, business was fine. I was somewhat successful, eventually became his marketing manager, ended up becoming the VP of marketing and communications for his, his company. All along in the background, my wife and I had this desire and yearning to, to come to Eretz Yisrael one day. In fact, when we got married and we were just living in L.A. in our first year, Shona Rishona, we were buying our first furniture. We said, you know, when we ship our stuff in a container to Israel, we don't want to take up a lot of room. So we got like a glass tabletop that you could take off the table and like, you know, pack it nicely instead of like a big wooden table. Like... That's where our mind was. Well, Hashem had different plans. And eight years later, three children, two cars, and a VP of marketing job, I was still in L.A. Um, but life was great. Life was really good. We had wonderful friends. Uh, weather was fantastic. 30 minutes from the beach, two hours to ski slopes. I love sports and very active outdoors. So that was like really, really going well. Um, maybe future president of the company, if things had continued the way they were going, it was... I was doing well, six digits. And then, I don't know, it was like one day we were sitting in front of our fireplace. We actually had a real American fireplace, fire burning, not gas. And um, my, my youngest was, uh, no, yeah, my youngest was uh, five, four, five years old. We had two daughters at the time. And my wife and I said, like, are, we, are we ever going to get to Israel? Or is this like the new, the new reel? Like, this is it, L.A. Wouldn't be terrible. Good chavra, I was giving a shear, had a chavrusa. Everything was fine. So we took a pilot trip. And we had a friend, my wife had a friend whose father has an apartment in the old city, right on the Rova, which was empty in the month of May. I remember it was Yom Yerushalayim. It was around this exact time because we were in the old city for Yom Yerushalayim. And we said, you know what? This may be our opportunity to really take a look at it. Look at life in Israel. Live for a month. So we had some friends that had just moved to a little hilltop settlement called Ramat Beit Shemesh. And it was 22 years, it was the year 2000. So 23 years ago, and we, um, we met some friends there that just moved to the new construction, and it was our first time we envisioned life living in Israel realistically. Long story short, we put some money down on two houses, a thousand shekels I think it was, saying, you know what, make your deposit, make a decision, 30 days, if you want to back out, you can get your money back, if you want to go ahead with it, we'll cash your check, and then we'll give you the, the house. I want to tell you what we paid at the time. It was like $200,000 for a 200-meter, six-bedroom home, which now you can't buy a, you know, a one, one-room yichida in Mapei Shemesh. But we went back to L.A., uh, had our third child, and eventually, Baruch Hashem, in 2002, this was a few months after September 11th, that was September 2001, in 2002, we made Aliyah, and Baruch Hashem sold our car, sold our house, said goodbye to the company, and we made, we made Aliyah to Israel. When we came, I recognized that there was a certain amount of uh, sacrifice 
that we did. And it was never a question of living in L.A., I mean, living in Israel, being happy in Eretz Israel. It was really leaving behind. That was the challenge, right? Everyone hears about life in Israel is difficult, maybe dealing with the politics and with the customer service and the kupayit and the bankayit and all the... You know, that, that's Eretz Israel, Nikonar Bisura, and that's okay. But it was like leaving the, the glorious comforts of America the job, the cars, the comfort, that, that was really going to be the challenge. So we said, you know, this is our Messias Nefesh to come. Everyone in their own way. My wife had her own, her own challenges. But for me, because I was able to keep my American job, I was working at nights, I had to shift my position, I gave up my VP job, but I was still able to continue working, supporting the marketing of the company. But I shifted tonight because LA is 10 hours behind us. So really my work day started at 2 or 3 in the afternoon. And I worked till 1 in the morning. It's okay, who's going to bed before 1 o'clock anyway? Some guys are sitting on their phones or on their computer, hanging out, Mirza Shem, the face measure. So I had my whole morning was open, really, until, until 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, mincha, lunch, and then I would start work. So what else are you going to do? You're going to learn. So I learned. So I started the morning Seder, three hours a day, Mirza Shem, had my mornings open. A lot of, I don't know. I never understood what guys really did that had American jobs if they weren't learning. Like, what, you know, you're not, you're not working 18 hours a day. So, like, what else are you going to do to learn? So I never really, like, I never took that much credit for having three or four hours Seder every day because, again, what you know, from eight in the morning, nine in the morning, I'm going to daven. So I understand this may or may not be each of your situations, but it was something very kavua. I had a kavusa. We started learning together. We learned together for 15 years for about three hours a day. And at the time, there was a program that had started by a, 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 uh, a then rabbi who is no longer a rabbi. He was somewhat, uh, somewhat scandals plagued them a little bit, he left, but um, he started me off on a program called an Amud Yomi program, which was an Amud a day, not Daf Yomi, he was never a big fan of Daf Yomi, with a lot of Chazaras. Every day we would Chazar the Daf two or three times, next day we'd learn the previous Daf, every Shabbos we had a Chavrusa, Chazaring the five Amudim from the week, and little by little by little by little, year after year after year, we started knocking off Masechtas, my, my Chavrusa and I would still go back and do the Chazars on the older Sechtas as much as possible. But that was like the real solid foundation of my learning every day, two to three hours a day with Chazara. There's a whole separate conversation we could talk about how to build Chazara, which is so important to remember, you know, Torah Sabiado when you go to Shemayim, I may have asked him that you actually know what you've learned. But after, I'd say a while, you know, 10 years, 15 years, um, you know, the idea, the concept of finishing shots actually became a reality. And not a dafyomi shots, but like, you know, let's finish shots. So, um, I'm going to jump around. There's two parallel stories here. Um, three years, four years ago, when the dafyomi cycle restarted, Brachos, it was uh, 2000, January, it was New Year's Day, right? It was January 1st, I think maybe 2001 or 2000. Um, I said, you know what, maybe it's time for me to start plugging my holes, plugging in the gaps of all the masechtas that I had skipped doing Ahmed Yomi because we, we bounced around Shas to start like let's, let's go let's go let's, let's go for this I had been doing it for 17 or 18 years and I really like was getting a little bit anxious I wanted to finish Shas now parallel to that and this is really the, the message I want to give across um, my Chavrus of 15 years who had been doing this Ahmed Yomi with me and all the Chazars with me it reminds me of the mushal of the lady that would go every single day to the, uh, the sweatshop and she would iron 8 hours a day she was ironing she was ironing. She was ironing. Year after year after year, she was ironing. One day she didn't show up. And her friends called her and said, why didn't you come to work today? She goes, had enough ironing. Had enough. So I don't know what happened. At some point my Chavrusa said, 
I've had enough. It was, it was, it was, it was burnout. It was, it was amudyomi. He wanted to explore other parts of Torah. I got it. You know, Gemara is Gemara. Talmud Bavli, it's beautiful. But he wanted to learn Rambam. He wanted to like do Mishlei the Eon. He wanted to learn Tehillim. You know, Baruch Hashem, there's a yam, a yam of a, an ocean of Torah out there. So it was a very difficult um, period. I'm not joking. It was a divorce that lasted several months as he was slowly disconnecting with the Chavrusa and, and wanted to go somewhere off. And I'm like, we've got a good thing here. We're plugging through Shas. We're chazering. Every Masech that we finished, we did 10 to 12 times by the time we were done with it. And hazard like three hours a day for fifteen years. I'm like, you don't, you don't just walk away. It's like a marriage, you know. You know, you gotta go sit down, you know, speak to the counselor. So we did. We went to Yerushalayim. Uh, we both had a common relative from Ori Yerushalayim, uh, Avi Feldman and Harnof. Um, my brother Moshe Rosenstein is uh, lives in Ramot. He's very very close with Rav Weiss Shlita. Um, I spoke to Rav Weiss, which I'll tell you what he said, and uh, we 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 we. We seriously discussed our future together. Then I spoke, I, I spent Shabbos with my brother in Ramot, and I spoke to Rav Asher Weiss. I remember walking home from Friday night, shul, we got into the shul, my brother said, I said, how can I get to Rav Asher? He said, let's walk home with him. Short five, seven minute walk. But in those five minutes, he told me something that I'm going to give over to you that is not a, a message of Chavrusas and Gemara, but it's life lessons. He says, when choosing your limud, what you're going to learn and how you're going to learn, you need to keep three things in mind. Now, the question I had by Shiloh was, I've had a chavrusa, solid chavrusa for 15 years. Do I keep the chavrusa, leave the Gemara, and we stick together, we find common ground? What do we want to learn new? Okay, we'll finish the next Masechta, whatever we're doing. It was uh, Zvachim, I remember. Do we just finish that? And then we go to Rambam, Mishnah Torah. It's also Torah. He, he, he ended up learning Tehillim Be'im. That sounds like Rav Cross's alley, you know. Tehillim Be'im. Like, in my mind, like, never crossed my mind that that's like a Derech Halimud, like I would spend an hour a day learning Tehillim. Be'im, Mepharchim. It's Nach, it's Tanach. That's option one. Leave the Gemara, keep the Chavrusa, and learn something new. Or, no. You want to learn Gemara? Learn Gemara. Break up with your Chavruza. Hashem will send you a new Chavruza and everything will work out just fine. That was my shot. What do I do? So you said, I can't give you the answer, but I'll tell you the three things you need to keep in mind when you are going ahead to learn. He says, number one, and I will say this is in order of priority, the lowest priority, he says, is the Chavruza. A partner to be there for you, with you, the Achrayas of two people together when you're on your own learning, you miss a Seder, especially when you're a boss and you've got work and you've got kids and you've got doctor's appointments and responsibilities, maybe a dog to take for a walk, that you are easily going to give up that Zman, that Kavua Kadosh Zman at 9.30. We're sitting in the base Medrash. We give each other a one-minute rule. Curtains down. 9.31, we're starting. One minute. Otherwise, it becomes five minutes or ten minutes and I'll be there at 9.45. No. 9.31, we start. He says that the partner keeps you achrai and coming. Now that's in learning and that's in life. Whether it's a spouse, whether it's in business, whether it's 
whether it's playing a sports game, you, you want to keep fit, you want to be healthy, that you want somebody there with you all the time, that you are responsible for each other, that you can feed off of each other's strengths. In learning, we know for sure, mi chavrusa mi tatusa, that life or death to have a chavrusa. But he says, it's very, very important, but that's not the most important. Next step, he says you have to have a matara, a target, a purpose, a goal. Don't just learn. I'm learning every day. I open a safer, right? Tzarta, we're Jews, we're Yidin, we're men. You have to learn, you have to learn, just keep learning, whatever. No. If you want to hit the goal, you have to have a purpose of what you're, what you're shooting for. Maybe for Michael Barusa, it's finishing safer Tehillim. Me, maybe it's Shas, but that's a big dream. Finish that Masechta. Know that Masechta. Maybe take a test on the Masechta. If it's Mishnah Barura, know the Halacha. Open up, uh, open up, um, you know, they have, uh, uh, I forgot the, uh, the Halacha, the Halacha tests that you can take. Dirshu on Gemara and Dirshu on Halacha. He says, if you don't have a goal, a measurable, time-bound, objective goal that you can cross that line, you're going to burn out. You're going to lose the excitement. You know, imagine running a race and you don't know where the end is. You don't have your Garmin smartwatch to keep track of the the the, 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 the well, 40 kilometers with the 24, you know, you know, 26 miles. You don't know when you're ending, so you just keep going. And you, so you said you need a goal. So. With the Chavrusa or without the Chavrusa, whatever you're learning, have a goal. Have an objective. So, in our Amud Yomi, I thought that was, no, that was you know, a huge objective and a huge goal. Finish the Masechta, Chazim Masechta, Rechazim Masechta, learn the next Masechta, go back, do it again, little by little by little by little, projective 30 years to finish us on this program. That's a long goal, but little bite-sized siyumim just happens to be my birthday today. Happens to be so I made a <laughs> I made a siyum on uh, Sota, which was Dafiomi this week. So along the way, you have little siyumim as you're going, little parties, a little kiddish, a little lachaim, a little something, just to keep that excitement and that interest going along as you're moving forward in life. He says that's the second thing, and I'll apply that to, to work and life as well, obviously. You know, I, I love health and fitness and sports and Baruch Hashem, Ramapi Chemesh, we have beautiful mountains, I go mountain biking. You know, we all have the, I don't know if any guys know the, the exercise app called Strava. Any guys? One, one nod here. You guys got to get out more, you got to, two. So Strava's a GPS, it's on your watch, it's on your phone, and it tracks everything you're doing, your distance, your speed, your altitude for swimming, for running, for everything. It just, it just It's good data. So... You know, you, you want to finish a goal, you want to finish an objective, you have to know how far you're going, how long is that ride, and what's my maximum speed, what's my maximum heart rate, whatever, it doesn't matter. For business, obviously, every business needs a business plan. You need to have an objective, you have to look back at the end of the year, how did we do last year, how are we going to improve for next year. You need an objective, you need a goal, you need a purpose, you can't just like run a business and just like never check your data, never check your stats, anything. Whatever you guys are going to go into professionally, or you are, everything in life needs Goals and objectives, and it's got to be measurable that you can look at at the end and say, did we get there? Did we fall short? How do we improve for the next time? Okay, the third one, he says, is the most important, which overrides everything. And I let the cat out of the bag that we broke up the chavrusa. He says, ma shalibo chafetz. What your heart desires. He says, the most important 
mission in life is to find something that inspires you, that you feel drawn to, that you get excited about. It says, learning Torah every single day of your life until the day you die. As much as you can learn. Whenever you can learn. That's exhausting. It could be exhausting. It could be like, I need a break. I need out. Give me, you know, give me a two-week vacation. Give me a two-year vacation. You know, people now... I've been, you know, I'm, I'm, because of Dafyomi, I'll tell you at the end where, where I got into Dafyomi. Like, I haven't made a seum on Masakta since high school. I mean, the guy's 50 years old. Like, I haven't seen a Gemara in 30 years. Burnout. High school, burnout. Rabbis pushing you, pushing you, pushing you. Say, Mashali Bukhafet means you're excited to do it. You want to do it. You can't wake up in the morning without expecting. What, what am I going to do today? Where am I going to learn today? Where's my excitement? What business am I going to go into? What, what area of life do I want to make an impact in the world? What are the kochos that Hashem gave me that I can use to further good in the world, to be successful for myself, so I can raise a family, earn an income, send my kids to good yeshivas, buy an apartment for my kids. Money is very, very important. What are you excited to do? If your parents want you to be an accountant, but you don't want to be an accountant, money. Keep with that man, maybe. My daughter is 27. She, uh, the Israeli system of education is like when you're an 18, 18 years old and a senior in high school, at least for the girls, you have to pick your maslul. What's your path? What, where you? Now in America, I don't like the whole undergraduate school system. It's like four years of wasted time. Like why are you spending 100 grand on undergraduate degree that you don't even get out a degree? But there is one benefit is that you have time to like mature. 18, 19, 20, 21. Let me see where I want to go in my life. You can figure out yourself. And then hopefully you don't mess it up too badly. And then you can get on a path. You can get your degree, get your master's or whatever you end up doing in life. So that's the good thing about it. But in Israel, they expect you to kind of like know who you are. So my daughter is very good in math and she's very good in artistic. She went into architecture. Excellent. Excellent architecture. She was 20. She got her first job offer. She worked there for six months. She hated it. She's a people person. The end of the story is now she's in Barilan going for a master's in psychology because she loves people and she loves to talk. She worked for Chayenu, a cancer organization in Israel, supporting the families and the parents of the kids with cancer. Like, not architecture, right? So she may have been good at it, but it wasn't Mashin Liba Her heart wasn't in it. She could have pushed through it for the next 20 years. I'm sure she would have made a good panasa. She could have had a degree and worked her way up from houses to buildings, but her whole life she'd be like, I wish, I wonder if there was anything else I could do with my life. Anything else my heart is drawing me to. So Rav Asherwai said, he says, if if his heart is no longer drawn to the Gemara, and your heart is still drawn to the Gemara, what your Derech Halimud is, split up. You gotta break up. Because how long could either one of us push through our deep emotions of continuing with one another as wonderful as Chavrusa is and as wonderful as the goals and the objectives and the, the end goals are, how long can you push through life not being passionate about what you do and enjoying it and feeling fulfillment and every night you go to bed and you say, you know, Shema and Amapil and you look back at your day that you actually accomplished something. So, I don't think a week passed and I got my next Chavrusa. We've been together now for five years. Four years. 19. We're all in 19 years right now. 
Um, the next Gemara that Achabur was doing was Baba Basra. I'd never seen Baba Basra in my life, but everybody said, oh, it's a Gishmat Mesechba. And this is what I'm trying to convince my Chavrus. My first, I said, like, it's Baba Basra. Like, how can we, how can we drop it now? Like, Zvachim was heavy. That was like hard. I said, but Baba Basra, like, it's Gishmak. No, he wanted out. He wanted out? Okay. You see, the WhatsApps, I go back now, years ago, like, looking at the WhatsApps from him, and I was like, wow, that's like, it was, it was, it was mamash a divorce. It was a divorce. You know, understand me, and we're not talking to each other anymore, we're talking over each other, we're not on the same page. I'm like, I, I probably spoke to him more than I spoke to my wife those years, you know? Three hours, did we ever talk three? daughter after she gets the master's. Yes, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, get us back together again. And we, we, I, I, so after this discussion with Rav Asher Weiss, I said, okay, no, I want to continue. And my, my, my goal, my dream, I want, I want to finish us. I want to finish us as much as I can. And I want to do as best I can. <coughs> He's like, I, I, I want to see what else is out there in the world. <laughs> I want to see what else is there, you know? Fair enough. And I'm obviously, he's, he's doing, he's doing like, you know, Mishle and Tehillim and whatever. Okay, it's completely, you know, 180 degree turn off there. So, so when I found my new Chavrusa and we started, he jumped on my program. He's like, all right, how does this work? And I told him and we, I'm just picked it up and continued exactly where we were. So now when it comes to, you know, finishing the shots, I'm just saying, so Dafyomi is something I said, you know what, that's also, that's also good. Somebody who doesn't have the time, doesn't have the headspace, they can't have an Eun Seder. It's very important. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a binding force amongst Jews to learn Torah, what together. It doesn't matter. Whatever you do, wherever you go, however you pursue your life in this world after this, you've got to find something that excites you. The learning that interests you, a job that interests you, and fit those into what in the, in the Goyish world they call a work-life balance. Nobody's expected to be steiging 18 hours a day unless you are the G'doylem that can. But Hashem wants it for us to be the best of whatever we can be. Whatever Hashem has given us. I'll be honest, I'll say it in front of you right now, my personal charata is that I, I enjoy speaking and I enjoy teaching and I, I cannot, don't do any of it. Years ago, my wife said, oh, maybe you should become a rabbi. I'm like, I don't know, you know. And I'm not a rabbi. I don't want to nothing. I'm just, you know, Mr. Rosenstein. Um, so I, I, I'm always thinking, like, maybe I, that's why I'm happy to accept these things. My brother runs Tomer DeVar Seminary for, you know, for the girls in Ramot, and he asks sometimes, you know, whatever that is, if you've got that thing, I've got a shir, a chabura I've given on nurture versus nature, the classic, what makes you who you are? How do you make your decisions in life? Are you, are you innately born with something that gives you skills and abilities? Or is it the nurture you were given as you were growing up? I'll spoil it. It's both. <laughs> Everything contributes. The Torah has a lot to say on, on both. But whatever it is, you, you know who you are. And you have the ability of being great. There was only one of you that's ever been created that will ever be created. So that you need to find your passion, you need to find what interests you, but at the same time, recognizing that Lakach Nutzarta, that Limud Torah, however you apply it in your lives, is very, very fundamental and foundational to your life. I'm blessed by having this morning, afternoon work environment. I know a lot of self-employed guys that have normal, quote, nine-to-five jobs, but they, they pull out that, ta- that hour of Kedusha that they say, this is, I'm going to learn, this is my time. Turns off the phone, wife, don't call me, I'm not going to the doctor, like... 
whatever, wherever you do, whatever you find that balance, you need to find that way. Like I mentioned, health for me is also like mountain biking, weightlifting, whatever that is, find the time, put that in as well, whatever you're going to do. But at the end of the day, it's really recognizing your strengths, your weaknesses. Maybe you don't have the ability of doing so much. Maybe Kamara is not your thing. It doesn't matter. Hashem wants you to know that you're doing your best. He made you the way you are. And if you've got limitations, if you've got ADHD, and you can't sit in front of the Gemara, and you want to do chesed, and you want to be on the phone, and you want to be helping the kihila, whatever, you know yourselves. And however you could apply yourselves, think about that. And as you leave the walls of the yeshiva and get out into the real world, just recognize that these are those uh, three lessons in life that you could have. Do something with a partner that's seeing eye to eye with you. Make objectives and end goals and, uh, you know, measurable and be passionate about it and enjoy it and Amir Hashem. You should be successful in Matzalech and everything good. Questions or not? I don't know. Uh, is, that, is it Q&A type of thing? Or, uh, Right. Well, you, you, if Gemara you know in your head is the right thing to do, then A, get that Chavruza. Get that person that's going to sit on your head and say, hey, I'm waiting for you in the base Medrash. Come. But at the same time, make it a smaller part of your, of your learning or of your day. It doesn't, you don't need to have a two-hour Seder if you... If you're not really connecting with it, but you just feel like you should, you need to. So, so learn, 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 learn half an hour. Learn, you know, learn a bikiyas, learn a light, and even just do a dafyomi with a shear, where you, you don't necessarily need to like break your head if it's not speaking to you. But there are amazing dafyomi shiurim out there, and you could go through an amud or a daf in a half an hour. You you hear it, the Torah's in your head, the yidias are there, you've seen it, you've heard it, and then move on to something that you are passionate about. But I think Chavrusa, either way, would be a very helpful tool. Cool. Yes? So just like on, on a practical level, how do you kind of, between you know, learning and your job and spending quality time with your family and exercising and all that, how do you just, how do you manage to fit all those things in and kind of give each of those things the attention that it's uh, The last question is the most important point because you have 24 hours in that day. Let's say the doctor said you need seven, you'll take six hours of sleep. Okay, fine, you'll lose 18. All right, it's like you're eating meals and what's... There is a lot of time in an average day, right? Even your classic nine-to-five worker, they go at eight, they come back at six, so it's ten hours, right? So you still have a, a nice chunk of eight hours. So it's just a matter of, like you're saying, discipline to schedule your life in such a way, best as you can, to fit in each of those components at the appropriate time. If some things are unbreakable, I mean, minyanim, of course, kind of pigeon, the, you know, uh, uh, bookend, the, bookend the day, make a chavrusa, if you're an early riser, make a chavrusa an hour before chakras or immediately the hour after chakras. Like, that's, their, that's your kadosh time. So you know at least you're getting out of your day, you've had your davening and your hour seder, that you've taken care of. On the back end, you know, some kind of night seder, some kind of night... Chavrusa, again, I think it's very, very helpful to have that Chavrusa with you that's going to make you responsible for one another to be there on, on time. The rest of the time is when you're in... I think 
men have it easier than women. When you're in that box, be in that box. When you're learning, sit and learning. When you're working, you have to be honest to your boss or to your partner and work. You know, don't be you know running out to the gym and doing you know CrossFit when you're supposed to be sitting at your desk, right? But maybe right after work, for the first hour when you finish work, you go and exercise for that hour, and that's your hour. In other words, just schedule the time that you know that these are the dedicated moments in your life, and make those kadosh, just like your learning is kadosh, but your work is kadosh, your family is kadosh. When you're with your kids, with your family, your wife, don't have your phone, don't be doing work texts. Uh, I mean. Maybe you're, you know, reading, you know, if you're doing Shnai Mikr Vechatargum while you're waiting for your wife to get ready to go to the wedding, I think that's probably okay. But any way that you could squeeze that time in, but make those, make those times, um, you know, dedicated and focused and try not to intermix them.